Welcome to the podcast of Inspiring Women in Hospitality. I'm Noreen Ahmed, your host. Each episode, I invite a woman from the hospitality industry to share her story with us, why she got into hospitality, her journey so far, her learnings, and who inspires her. On this episode, you will hear from Gunchen, recorded in August 2023. She shares her journey that started in sales in historical Rajasthan to a VP role in Canada. You will hear throughout her story how she puts her heart and soul into everything that she does. All right, we're now recording. Hello, everyone. Noreen here. Today, I have with me Gunjan. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Noreen. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, so Noreen, to begin with, I was uh, born in India and uh, grew up in the province of Rajasthan, uh, first in Jodhpur, which is known as the Blue City. And uh, then my father took a job in uh, Jaipur, which is known as the Pink City. And, uh, you know, just uh, spent all my childhood uh, in Jodhpur and Jaipur surrounded by, you know, magnificent fortifications, uh, palaces, and, uh, you know, just lots of uh, culture, art, and history that both of these cities are known for. And uh, what was interesting was that as I was growing up in Jaipur, I developed a strong connection to the history, culture, as well as the art side of the city. And uh, so many times when I would have friends and family coming in from other provinces to visit us or stay with us, I would volunteer to be their tour guide for the city. And I would often take them around and, you know, just, you know, describe them and kind of show off a little bit as to what I knew about the city and the history and the background of it. And uh, many people would jokingly then say to me that, you know, you, you, you should probably look at, you know, developing a career in, in tourism and hospitality. And uh, I actually never took that seriously. And uh, then I think uh, in, in school um, in Jaipur, uh, we had, um, I think I was in grade 12 when we had uh, Prince Charles visit the city and play an exhibition polo match. And uh, some of the noisemakers from the school were actually sent as to, to cheer on the match. And uh, that was my first exposure to the global tourism and hospitality industry. And uh, just to see a big event of such large scale come to the city and how it was put together kind of piqued my interest. Uh, but I was not aware that there was a full-blown industry behind it. So, you know, just... I kind of did my own thing. And uh, um, then when I went to college, subsequently uh, from high school, I, you know, I was kind of debating because as to what the next chapter was going to be for me. And uh, somewhere, I think during my college, again, a few times this came up that, you know, you should probably look at tourism and hospitality. You should look at tourism and hospitality. You're very passionate about the city. Uh, so, you know, what, why don't you consider that? And, uh, and I, think, uh, I think by the time I was ready for graduation, my dad's young brother uh, kind of made the suggestion 
that uh, I go to school for tourism and hospitality. And uh, that's what I did then. Uh, chose a program uh, that gave me the opportunity to, um, to understand different facets of the industry uh, in terms of the travel side of things, in terms of destination marketing side of things, and in terms of the hospitality or the hotel side of things. Thank you so much for that introduction. And yeah, it's amazing how a place can really pique your interest. And you're right, when you're in a place like Jodhpur, Jaipur, surrounded by all the culture, the beauty, the history, the art, it's it's a, it's easy to be proud of what your yeah your country has to offer and you want to show that off and you know not necessarily everyone feels that way but clearly that was something that was really passionate within yourself and then drew you towards um, tourism and hospitality because it also helps revive an economy for a destination as well like I actually I think I've been to Jaipur, if I'm not mistaken. I went for a big family trip in the 90s a long time ago. I'll have to ask my parents where we visited, but I have a vague recollection of it and it was beautiful. Good to know that. Good to know that. And like I said, I mean, I hadn't traveled outside the country at that point in time. Jaipur is where I grew up. It was the most fascinating city that I'd ever seen. Uh, so like I said, it was just a natural thing for me because, you know, I was proudly showing off all the monuments to my friends and family, to my cousins who would come and say, hey, look at this, look at this, right? <laughs> then I would start describing it. And just because I wanted to show up, I would tell them a lot more about, you know, this is how this came about, this is how this came about. So yeah, so like you said, it's just, I think growing up in that city, I think it, I was just... You know, it was just a natural flow for me yeah. to get into the, get into the industry. So yeah, absolutely. When you're surrounded by it, why yeah. not? <laughs> right. <laughs> so after completing the program, uh, what did you do next? Um, so while I was at the program, it was interesting because I had to do three different internships, and uh, one was at uh, a tour company, one was at the hotel, and the third one was with the Tourism Development Corporation. And I quickly realized I was not the right cultural fit for the Tourism Corporate Development um, Corporation. So I decided not to pursue that or the truer, but I wanted to get into hotels just because the hotels in Jaipur are magnificent. Mm -hmm. And many of them consistently end up on the Condé Nast or the Forbes list of top 10 hotels in the world to visit. Uh, so I ended up at a hotel, which is called the Oberoi Wright Villas, and uh, started my career there as a front desk agent uh, right after graduating. And, uh, you know, fell in love with the industry, fell in love with the direct interaction that I got uh, with a lot of clients at the hotel. And uh, while I was working at the hotel, I, uh, you know, did a rotation between front desk, bell desk, concierge, as well as, um, you know, handled a little bit of night audit as well. And uh, while I was working at the concierge, um, you know, I was responsible for selling tour packages to Taj Mahal or Agra, uh, Taj Mahal in Agra. And uh, a lot of clients, you know, they either had the option to take a helicopter tour or they would be, you know, driving by road. And I was 
upselling all these people, you know, some of them just convincing them to take the helicopter. And just for fun, they would ask me, okay, you have two different types of helicopters. What's the difference between this and this? And I would just, you know, explain them everything and very enthusiastically. And, uh, you know, a lot of them would come back and tell me that, you know, you should try your hand at sales. <laughs> and I personally did not want to do sales ever. I was like, I don't know if I can do this or not. You know, that's too tough of a job. And it's just that I consistently got that feedback from so many different people, uh, mostly customers at the resort. And especially when I was at the concert, they would come and tell me, you know, it's, it's so interesting talking to you, the way you explain things. Um, you, you should try your hand at sales. And uh, yeah, so it was only a matter of time that from there, I went to another resort property uh, where I did start doing sales. And uh, yeah, and then I spent some time in the city just rotating between different hotels doing sales. Yeah, it's interesting, like how other people can see things in you that you don't sometimes see yourself. Like, you know, if your dad's younger brother hadn't like pointed you in that direction, right. the customers were saying, hey, you're really good at sales. Like, why don't you give it a go? And I right. think, you know, with, with any of these things, it's it comes back to that passion, right? So right. you were obviously very, you know, committed to giving the guests the best possible experience and yeah who wants to be on the road <laughs> between Jaipur <laughs> and Agra as well right right you're so right and uh, you know uh, and again talking about other people pointing out I think sometimes we are harsher on ourselves than we should be um, and, you know, we don't see what our strengths are, what yeah. others can see very clearly. And I think this was a clear demonstration to me because I actually got pretty successful in sales after that. And uh, to the point that I think I was kind of like, I don't know if there's anything more for me to do in the city. And uh, that's when, you know, some of the people I had networked with or, built or worked with in my past life at the very first resort ended up moving to New Delhi. And uh, then they kind of, you know, referred me for a sales position up there. And uh, that's how I left the city and uh, left home and moved to New Delhi after that. What was that like leaving home for the first time? Oh, it was not fun. I struggled. <laughs> I struggled a lot. And while I had left the city for two years to go to university, I just stayed with my uncle. Mm. It wasn't like I was away from home. This was the first time I was actually taking responsibility like paying my own bills and you know cooking for myself and you know um yeah so I I have to tell you I did not like it and uh, as anybody who grows up in a smaller town and has to move to a bigger town um uh, it's a struggle and uh, I struggled for about I would say three to six months to begin with and uh, I missed home a lot so every weekend I would be going back to Jaipur doing the seven hour trip back and uh, then I think over a period of time, I just, you know, I developed a support circle in New Delhi and uh, decided to, you know, put my heart and soul into the work that I was doing. And I really enjoyed what I was doing in New Delhi, which kind of helped. And uh, I think after I would say about a year and a half or so, I was very, very comfortable in New Delhi. So... And what helped you build that support? Because I would agree, like every new place that I went to, it takes about a good six months before you really feel like you're settling in and belonging. I did the same. Like I would always find wherever I went, like family or extended family to go, right. go to. Like when I left home for the first time, I came to Switzerland to study. 
I had family friends that I would go and stay with in Geneva just because I missed the food. I missed the, the, the ambiance, the language and everything. Right. So, right. but I only really did that the first year or you know, six months or so. Um, but then eventually, you know, once you build up your network and your so support, it helps. So what helped you build your support system um, in New Delhi? So what helped me was um, first of all, I think I've made some great friendships in New Delhi. Um, those friends helped. And, uh, the, you know, it's just that one was strong friendship. Second was, I think the work I was doing was intellectually very stimulating and that kept me very busy. So while I struggled for first few months, um, you know, after, I would say after about a year or so, it was just easy for me. And, uh, it, and then I got promoted in New Delhi. And uh, what I enjoyed the most about my role or my time in New Delhi was one was the professional friendships that I made. Second was the personal friendships that I made. And they contributed a lot to my support circle. And uh, yeah, and I was there till about, I would say 2006. And then I decided to get married to an Indian of Canadian origin and uh, moved all the way to Canada. <laughs> Okay, another big change. Another big change, yes. Moving yes. countries this time. <laughs> yes. And uh, yes, and while, you know, um, while I I realized that New Delhi was a struggle for me, it was nothing close to what Canada was. Because um, while New Delhi, I was still in the same country. Uh, everybody spoke the same language. I knew how to, you know, at least I knew how to get around from place A to place B. And, uh, you know, my mom was like seven hours away when I lived in New Delhi. So it wasn't that bad. Um, but move to Canada was like a kick in my gut <laughs> to begin with, because now I've moved not just country, I've moved continents. And, uh, you know, going back to India was really not an easy, uh, like it wasn't like if you were homesick, you could just, mm. you know, get on a flight and go tomorrow. Like you mm. couldn't do that every weekend or something. Um, so I, I, I struggled uh, when I first moved to Canada. And um, it was also, I think, one, it was, you know, a completely different culture that I had not been exposed to before. Um, second was not having the support system here. And third thing which bothered me the most was that since I was not working, like, when I arrived, uh, there was a little bit of gap. It was probably for the first time in last six or seven years that I was not financially independent. And I didn't like that feeling because as soon as I graduated, I was working, I had my money, you know, I, I was I like, I, I was doing things the way I wanted to. And just that initial phase, I was not in a good place. Uh, and all these three things contributed very heavily. And um, so I, as soon as I arrived in Canada, I wanted to get back to work. I wanted to regain my financial independence. And then, uh, you know, so I started looking for jobs. And uh, I quickly realized that it was not going to be a smooth sail for me. Uh, the reason being that, A, I didn't have, like I had work experience only in India, but not necessarily something 
that would get me a parallel position here in Canada. And uh, that was a little bit heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, I struggled with that thought as well. Uh, so I decided to seek, you know, go out and, you know, talk to professionals um, and uh, to see how I could best, you know, get back into the workforce in my desired line of work, which was the hospitality mm -hmm. industry. And uh, I, I used some of the government support systems that were put forward. Uh, one of them being uh, going and meeting my settlement counselor, uh, which every new immigrant has. Um, so spent some time talking to her. Made her realize why it was very important for me to get back into workforce ASAP. And, uh, you know, what is it that I could do to get an offer letter quickly? Because, um, you know, while I was getting some level of interviews or some level of interest on my resume, I was not able to translate that into an offer letter. And it just bothered me. So, you know, I spent some time talking with her. She gave me a few pointers. Um, they put me through some networking sessions. Uh, which were extremely, extremely helpful. Uh, met a lot of, you know, executives from uh, different sectors, specifically Canadian banking sector and insurance sector. And a lot of these executives were very helpful in not only uh, guiding me, but also just giving me a few tips on how I could improve my interpersonal skills a little bit better. And, uh, you know, then... It just took me, I think about, then I got my, yeah, it took me about three to six months and uh, I got my first offer uh, for the job as a sales coordinator at the Sheridan Gateway Hotel. Um, Crawled over the moon. And uh, although the position was a startup position because um, my work experience in India, somehow I was not able to, you know, like I was a sales manager there and I was not able to get a parallel role. So I started a level below. And uh, at that point in time, it pinched me a little that I was having to restart my career again. Um, looking back, I think it was the best thing that happened to me because that entry level position gave me an opportunity to understand how, what kind of a landscape does a developed economy like Canada present for me to best find the right career opportunities for myself within the hospitality sector? And uh, looking back, I'm just so grateful for all the advice that I got from the settlement counselor, for the people that work in banking and insurance sector, and from several other people who help out new immigrants like myself uh, not only to get back into the workforce, but to try and build careers here. Thank you so much for sharing that experience and just being so open and honest with, with what you went through. You know, you know that financial independence is something that really resonates with me and I think with a, with a lot of women, you know, when you have to take time out for whatever reason, you know, whatever gap you're doing, you know, not being able to be independent. Yeah. It is, it's very empowering when you are basically uh, financially right. independent. Um, and then also the networking, you know, that, that piece keeps coming back a lot. So even though you were networking with people outside, 
of the industry, you know, you can still learn, you know, you can still learn from one another and see what they have to say. And it's so great that you have that system in place and that you can um, gain the knowledge and the support. And yeah, actually, someone was saying that to me the other day is like, when you're starting out, like perhaps at a slightly lower position, you have the ability to say, ask more questions or, you know, be able to give yourself the time to learn the industry in a new way or learn a new um, area and see what you can, you know, maybe make some mistakes if you need to, and then you can then grow into, you know, your, your next part of your career, basically. Um, So yeah, so good. No, you were saying something. Sorry about that. Uh, so what happened next? So what happened next was I, at the back of my head, wanted to be a sales manager at any cost, just because I was a sales manager in India. And not just a sales manager at the airport hotel, I wanted to work in downtown Toronto. Because I had seen like, you know how when you're an immigrant to a country and you see all these glamorous pictures of, you know, people dressing up and going to work and, and you know, all of that culture, like the coffee culture, the cafe culture, all of that existed in downtown Toronto. And I was desperate to be part of that culture. Uh, no offense. <laughs> I was like, that's where I'm going to be. And, and you know what? And I want to be a sales manager in downtown Toronto. So I went on a hunt and um, I, I managed to get an offer letter from the Radisson Admiral Hotel, um, which is uh, in downtown Waterfront. I got a job there. Super excited, over the moon. Uh, you know, I was traveling downtown Toronto, getting, uh, you know, getting exposed to the culture in downtown and just falling in love with what Canada had to offer me. I was awestruck, not just like the physical landscape and the beauty, but just how well people treated someone like me who was barely at that time, maybe a year and a half old in the country. And, you know, the respect that I got, um, the the interaction that I had with people, the learnings that I had from them. And at the same time, the opportunities that I had to invest in myself and to grow both personally and professionally um, while I was at the hotel was just phenomenal. And uh, uh, while I was at the Radisson, I also made up my mind that I was going to become a Canadian citizen as quickly as possible. And uh, so actually two days before I actually hit the criteria for the Canadian citizenship. I had my forms ready, I had everything ready. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not gonna miss this. I, I really wanna be here. And uh, so so I had my forms and everything ready. And while I was there, I applied for my Canadian citizenship. Um, now, unfortunately, I mean, uh, at that job, uh, what happened was that 2008-2009 uh, recession came. And uh, towards the end of 2009, I lost my job. Uh, I was laid off from work. And uh, so uh, it was a little bit of a setback at that point. So I, you know, I I took a little bit of a break then. And uh, uh, it took me a while to find the job I was looking for. And uh, I got back into workforce in, I think, September 2010. 
at the Dolce Hotels and Resorts. They were running a facility on behalf of the Richard Ivey School of Business uh, in downtown Toronto. And uh, so I rejoined there as a sales manager and uh, was back to living my downtown Toronto dream. Amazing. It's, uh, yeah, that when you have that imagination of how you want to live your life, it's amazing right. how you can actually make that happen, right? So, yeah, I think we all need a framework of where we want to be, like not really, you know, like like that was the framework I wanted to follow. That wanted to work in SmackDown on Toronto. This job was located right in Toronto Stock Exchange Tower. Tower couldn't have asked for something better, and just connected um, to all the major banking towers and the insurance towers and you know it's just I, I don't know if you've been like downtown Toronto has an underground walkway called the path um, which is about 22 kilometers long it's a tunnel system but you don't know that you're underground um, it's one of the most high-end shopping malls as well and uh, you have uh, and it's interconnected to all the major banking towers the insurance towers as well as all the major hotels are on the path as well um, so it's just the the reason it's built is we have very harsh winters here so that the life does not get disrupted if you don't want to go out and you know go from one building to the other without carrying your jacket and putting on your snow boots you have the ability to do that I was just so awestruck by what like how amazing path was and you know but just just the way business was being done there uh sorry just the way business was being done in downtown Toronto just awestruck and uh you know I didn't want to leave from there <laughs> So is that where you stayed? And we're now at 2010, right? So that's still, ooh, okay. Tell, tell yeah. us what happened since 2010. <laughs> so 2010, I started working there and, uh, you know, have an amazing time. Um, loved my job, loved the people I worked with. Um, and, uh, you know, just I just enjoyed being part of that culture uh, at work as well as outside of work. So one was, you know, I was, working with um, the Dolce staff and, and and a lot of people from the business school would hang out at the uh, at the facility too so one was those interactions second was the interactions outside of it uh, which is what I was you know meeting with a lot of clients and you know just interacting a lot with people from different backgrounds and different industries just through work etc so I was loving it um, I started as a sales manager there uh, helped increase the business of the facility by about 125% in lower months, um, which were basically summer months, and uh, got promoted to a director of sales. Uh, you know, was enjoying my life fully. I think it was one of the most, uh, at that point in time, it was looking back, it was one of the best jobs I had. And then um, I think towards the end of 2014 or 2015, Dolce Hotels and Resorts got acquired by Wyndham Hotels and Resorts. And uh, when the acquisition came, it just opened up a whole new world of opportunities for me. And uh, I was like, you know, as soon as the acquisition was announced, uh, met a lot of people from the senior leadership team at Wyndham Hotels and Resorts. And uh, I had then, you know, by then I peaked in my role and I was looking for a new challenge. So reached out to a few people and expressed an interest in joining development, uh, real estate development side um, of things as and when there was an opportunity that presented. And uh, I was fortunate, 
right after the acquisition was completed, um, they wanted to expand the Canadian team. Um, and I just put my hand up and I said, you know, I would love to do this. And uh, a few people were like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm 100% sure this is what I want to do. <laughs> uh, so I think after a little bit of convincing, I, I got the job and I was like, well, because um, there's one thing I enjoy, it's getting intellectually stimulated and it's getting, it, it's just learning something new and challenging myself. So I was super duper excited, uh, but that also meant that I had to give up my downtown Toronto office uh, <laughs> and I would be based remotely working from home. Okay. I hope that wasn't too bad of a sacrifice. <laughs> Well, to begin with, it was a culture shift, right? Because there was, you know, going to Toronto and, you know, just doing what I was doing, um, just living the best life. And then here I was working from home. And I think I went through what a lot of people went through in COVID, which was just, you know, a transition from being an office person to working from home and working remotely. Uh, so it was a little bit of a culture shift because now I didn't have an office to go to every day. Um, I was traveling a lot for work. Uh, but I think the challenge that the job presented, the opportunities that the job presented, I was like so um, consumed by it uh, that the other stuff did not matter to me. What mattered was, you know, how do I make myself the best franchise sales and development person that they have? Uh, you know, how do I do more deals for the company? And at the same time, it just opened up a huge landscape, a huge opportunity for me to go um, and travel around parts of Canada that I've not seen before. Um, so this time during this role, I was traveling to, you know, I was handling half the country and I was based out of Ontario. Uh, which is one of the provinces and traveling to Quebec, Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, PEI. And, uh, you know, just seeing Canada, like most Canadians have not seen it. Um, if anything, I think most Canadians were jealous of me. They were like, yeah, how come, you know, you know more about this country than, than, than most of us. And, and, you know, you've traveled and you've explored it a lot more. But I was just so, so grateful for the opportunity. And secondly, I think, what happened was it just expanded my learning curve so much. Um, professionally, I learned a lot about doing deals in different states and, you know, working with, uh, you know, different backgrounds of people. On a personal side, I was just awestruck by how, um, how honorable Canadians were um, in terms of doing deals and, you know, living up to the commitments that they made. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, you know, sometimes a change, you know, is is hard, but it can also mean a good thing, right? And it's and it's right. making sure that you take the good out of it as well. I mean, in some sense, if you're traveling all the time, what's the point of being in an office, right? You're going to be traveling from your home to your right. airport right. and back again, right? So you you cut out the the middleman. And there was something that you said earlier is you know, you, you spoke up and you said, this is what you wanted to do. You wanted to go into the real estate development side of things, you know, you expressed what you wanted to do. And I think that's something that all of us women can learn 
as well is ask for the things that you want, speak up for it because, you know, people aren't going to read your mind and the person that's most invested in your own career is going to be yourself. So it's so great to hear that you, yeah, put your hand up when that opportunity came about and you really went for it. Yeah, I think this is one advice I always tell people, if you want something, you got to be able to ask for it, but how you ask for it makes a difference. Okay, so that's an interesting point. Is there an example you can share? Um, Not immediately. I think a lot of times what happens is um, you have to have a framework of where you want to be, right? Um, You have to be able to express where your interests are, but at the same time, as we say, deals happen when interests align, right? So what you got to do is, let's say you want to make a deal for yourself. You have to find out how do you align your personal interests and goals with those of the company where it's a win-win for both. And how you ask for those things is what will determine your success and the success of the company in the long run. Yeah. And it's like, you know, understanding what's in it for the company as well, or for the other party, you know, whether, you know, what kind of, like you're saying, win-win, you know, it's right. And we're good at that. I think women are good at understanding, you know, what's, what the other party wants uh, and what we want as well. And how do we find ways to align that? So thank you so much um, for sharing that. And as much as I would love to keep asking you questions, I just want to check, have we, where are you now in your career? What are you doing? Um, Are you still doing development with Wyndham? I am. And I started out um, as a director of sales and got promoted as a senior director, now VP. Um, Again, um, still handling half the country. And now I have a director of development that reports into me, uh, who handles uh, Canada from a lead generation standpoint. Um, And I think the learnings that I've had through development are unmatched on the real estate and development side are unmatched as to what I was doing before. Um, So for me personally, I think this has been such a rewarding role. And uh, while there were people who told me not to get into the industry, um, just because I don't, just because they're not seeing a lot of immigrant women do this. And it wasn't that they were trying to stop me or anything. I think it was more because they were genuinely concerned that are you going to be okay? Will you be able to fit in? I, I hope you're not taking more than what you can chew. And they wanted to make sure that I was set up for success. Uh, it was more a concern than anything else. And uh, I would often go back to these people and say, you know what, I think I can handle this. Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've done some tough negotiations back in India. I, I think I know what I'm getting into, right? So, so uh, you know, in the end, I think it all worked out. And uh, they're some of my biggest champions today. And I'm so, so grateful that, uh, you know, they were able to see some of my blind spots that I actually did not and point those out to me. Mm. If you can negotiate in India, you can negotiate anywhere right. in the world. <laughs> you know what it's like, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I think those are the things that we can bring, you know, right. I guess as an outsider, right? What we can bring to the table, how we can look at things differently. And yeah, and having that, those people who can see your blind spots then makes you that that whole person. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I will move on to my final question and ask you who inspires you. Um, so people that inspire me the most are new immigrant success stories. Um, 
also, I think, children of immigrant. But someone who I constantly, or some of the people who I constantly look up to, and I want to emulate to be like them, are leaders who are born in the Western world. Um, leaders who recognize the challenges that a new immigrant has and are able to empathize with them and open new pathways for success for many of these immigrants um, to come here and to get set up for success. And I think if ever there's an opportunity, I would love to be in that position and to be able to give back, um, you know, to and to be able to give back and to pay my way forward. Because where I am is because of the foresight, because of the because of the foresight and the decisions and the policy making of many of these leaders. And while they can take it easy, they don't. They make it their life's mission, uh, you know, to make the world a better place for everybody. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, I mean, I think you sharing this story in the first place is one of those opportunities for you to be able to give back and inspire others by your stories as well, um, by those coming new to a country and understanding what kind of support you can get, what kind of challenges you face and what you need to work through to be successful, because clearly you have been. So thank you thank so much. And thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Noreen. And thank you again for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was by that story. Please follow us here and on LinkedIn, where I post videos of the recordings. Stay tuned for many more stories of inspiring women in hospitality. Mm -hmm.